Good morning, everyone. I need to uh, just put a thought to rest this morning. I've had several questions of folks asking me what happened to your forehead. Well, I had no way of knowing that Jeanette did not want a vacuum cleaner and an ab roller for her birthday. And then to find out she actually wanted it new as well and not from an estate sale. So I got the first eye was the, the first answer. And this, no, I'm actually kidding. Um, I had a rotiller hanging on the wall in my garage, a little rotiller. And I was trying to hold something with one hand and fix something with the other. And it came, the tines came off the wall and hit me in the face. And so that was, but that was on Jeanette's birthday. So she, for her birthday, she got to nurse me back to health and put super glue on my head. So anyway, um, I want you to do something with me this morning for just a moment. I want you to think back to when you were a kid and you went on field trips in school or perhaps maybe it was with your youth group or something like that. You know, I remember and, and some of you were saying we didn't go on field trips. We had to walk 10 miles to school in the snow. I get that. But for, for us who are younger than Bill, we uh, we got to go on field trips. And I remember that's when I decided I wanted to be a fireman because I remember getting to crawl all over the fire truck. And then maybe the next year, I remember that's when I decided I want to be a policeman because I got to sit in the police car and turn the sirens on, right? It was that experience, right? Any of you ever ever deal with that at all, going on a field trip and then figuring out something you wanted to do, right? I'm still not quite sure who goes on a field trip to be an English teacher. But, you know, those, those were that experience that we had oftentimes were some of the, the experiences that we had in those field trips often led us to some of our greatest experiences in life and led us to who we want to be. Well, this morning, we're going to go on a field trip. And we're going to go with Jesus to the edge of hell. He took His 12 apostles on this field trip. So I want to start this morning in Matthew, the 16th chapter. I want to read to you some verses that you're going to be familiar with. Some verses that you're going to hear some questions that have been taken from. But then we're going to go on a field trip. We're going to try to put ourselves there and maybe understand this even a bit deeper and a bit differently. Matthew 16, starting in verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah and others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. But this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth. Will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Now, I want to break this down today just a little bit, but. First thing before we really study this scripture, before we really ask any questions about the scriptures, we need to understand where we're at. 
Okay, we need to go on a field trip. Caesarea Philippi. It was a, a region that when the Romans first came into power and control of it, they put King Herod in control. And later, King Herod's son, Philip. Thus, they named the town after Caesar, Caesarea, and Philippi after Philip. And when they took over in that region, there were a lot of believers who thought in a lot of different idols and different gods. The region was filled with idolatry. Caesarea Philippi was a town built high on a mountainside. And as you went down the mountain, the city built itself on the side of the mountain, all the way down to the bottom of the mountain area where there were caves that led into fresh water pools under the ground. And the people of the region and the Romans that came in afterward, they believed that this was the place where gods used portals in these caves to go from the inner part of the earth to the outer part of the earth. And that was their idolatry or their idolatry belief. They they believed in gods like Pan, who was this creature who was half man and half goat. And they went to great lengths to keep the gods like Pan happy. And it was woven into their their belief, their idolatry, their practices of life, their sexual practices. It was nasty. It was a nasty place to be. And believe me, the Jews who were with Jesus at this at this spot that he brought them to at Caesarea Philippi, it was the last place on earth that they wanted to be. They did not want to be standing on that rock at the foot of the hill where Caesarea Philippi was. There were other gods they believed in, like Baal and like Hades. Remember Hades that comes from our scripture reading. Yeah, the devil, the evil one. So they're standing here in this place that would have been considered by the men who were with Jesus as hell on earth. Jesus has taken them on a field trip right at the edge of hell. And he turns around and he begins to preach and teach them. At Caesarea Philippi. Now, knowing this about Caesarea Philippi opens some different thoughts to the possibilities of what Jesus says, because the two areas of thought of the scripture is, well, when Jesus talks about the rock, is he talking about Peter being the rock who would later go on and as a rock give testimony at Pentecost about who Jesus was and proclaim him as the Messiah? There's no greater rock than what Peter was at Pentecost. Or was Jesus talking about himself? Saying that he's the rock, he's the cornerstone that the church would be forever built on. To never be overcame. And I believe that both of those are strong possibilities. I believe there's a third possibility, though, by knowing about Caesarea Philippi and where it's at. And that's that Jesus came right up to the edge of all evil. And he says, I'm going to build my church here. This is where my church will be built. Now, here's what here's the other part of what I believe in this in this scripture and in this text is I don't think we have to believe it's one or the other. Can Jesus not be giving a complete lesson about who he is, who will proclaim him and the victory that he already claimed all the way back in Genesis? Let's talk about it. Let's break it down. Let's see what we think before we. Decide to go home this morning. I got three points that I want to pull out of this for us this morning. Number one, 
Everyone has an idea of who they think Jesus is. Jesus is concerned with who they thought he was. And this morning he's concerned with who you think he is. Let's read verses 13 through 15 again. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah and others Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And Jesus said this to him, he says, but what about you? Who do you say I am? This morning, I want to know who you would say Jesus is if that question was asked of you. Would you say that he's he's a good story? He's a good message. He's a good thing for people to believe in. Or would you say he's my savior? Would you say he's my rock? Would you say that he's everything that God built his church upon? What would be your answer to that question this morning? Because that answer is important, church. So important. Jesus wasn't so much concerned with what everybody thought. And he's not concerned today necessarily with what everybody thinks. But I can guarantee you he is concerned with what you think. Because spiritually, he's working through you individually. And whatever everyone else around you thinks, you can know this. Their opinion will be affected by you, by me, by all of us who confess Jesus as Lord. This is why I want to say this this morning in this part of our lesson. Your baptism, your having given your life to Christ is important. Do you remember that day? Do you remember what you gave your life to? What you proclaimed and who proclaimed you that day? You know, sometimes we lose track of how important that moment in our life is when we confess our belief because we're saying out loud to the world, I believe, I believe you are Jesus. I believe that Jesus was the Son of God. I believe that he died on a cross so that I could be forgiven of my sins. It's the moment that we confess our belief and it's an important moment. It's a moment in our life that we can't be let go because it's when God joins us individually with the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, number two, Peter's answer becomes important because it establishes the foundation of not just his faith, but for all who will be faithful concerning Jesus. Look at verses 16 and 17. Simon Peter answered, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus responded by saying, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. But I want you to hear this from me this morning. I don't want you to come to understand your love for God and your belief in God because of what I say. I hope it has an effect, but I want you to experience it. I want you to walk on a field trip with Jesus. I want you to allow Jesus to take you to that place and show you for you to have that personal experience, that one on one time. Don't just take someone's word for it. Confess it. Believe it. Allow Him to be your Messiah, your Savior. What brought this lesson on, i got to tell you, before I go any further, was 
I was at my little geriatric morning Bible study class at the gym. I hang out with the old people. They make me look good. And a lady was watching the news because we have our coffee time before we do anything else. And, and I always talk with them about Jesus. We talk about God. They ask questions. And a lady had been watching the news that morning. And she said, she said, brother, she said, I just don't I don't understand. She said, I believe this country is just right at the edge of hell. And I said, well, I said, you know, that might not. It may seem that way, but, you, you know, I gave the token answer. You just pray your way through it. It'll be OK. So I put my my earbuds on that morning and I said, get on, get on the treadmill and I'm going to listen to Brother Chris Seedman from a church in Texas. And so I plug in Chris's lesson this morning. Guess what? The lesson was called from like three or four weeks before. Jesus with his disciples at the edge of hell. And Chris kind of walked me through this understanding of where Caesarea Philippi was and what it was. I thought, oh, man, I got to pass this on. I only wish or hope that I have the chance to sit down with this woman again, because here's what I want you to understand. As your confession of faith about Jesus is important, it's important for people like that woman who was in my presence that morning. You cannot believe in God without believing the son is the Messiah. And once you believe that the son Jesus is the Messiah, what it allows you to do is say, you know what? That is who saves me. And you begin to understand the foundation of this rock of our faith. And let's take a look at what's done with that. The third point is this. If you consider where these men are standing in Caesarea Philippi. It establishes the three possibilities of what Jesus meant. Either one. Jesus himself is proclaiming he's the rock that the church, the foundation will be built on. Number two, he's saying Peter and Peter's testimony and who Peter would be as a voice for him is the rock or possibly three. And what I've explained this morning, and that's that Jesus says, no matter where you're at, all the way up to the edge of hell. That's where you're going to find my church. And it's going to be built and it will not be defeated by death and Hades. Essentially, Jesus stands at the portal where it was believed by everyone in the region that, that the, the evil spirit of Hades went to and from the middle parts of the earth to torment all of mankind. And he says, it's right here on this rock that I'm going to build my church and it will not be overcome. And he's standing among a man, Peter, who one day will become a rock himself and plant the church at Pentecost and say, this is the Lord's church. And it's built upon Jesus. He's the rock that whom you crucified. Believe that today. So I don't think you have to choose one of those possibilities. I think in this story, it's safe to conclude that Jesus was probably talking about all three. Jesus Himself is the rock, the cornerstone of the church. It's upon Him that everything is built in our faith, our connection to God. Brothers, sisters, friends, this morning, I want to make it clear to you, you can't get to God. You cannot reconcile with God without Jesus. Your baptism is important 
Because that is your confession of faith in the Messiah. And it's the, reconcil- it's, the recon- it's the reconciling point in your life where you take the next step to be reconciled to God, to be saved. And it happens through your belief in Jesus. It happens by you saying exactly what Peter said on that day when asked, who do you think I am? And he said, you're the Messiah. That is your day to say, Jesus, you're the Messiah. And I put my faith in you. Jesus also knew that he would need rocks like Peter. Who, when reconciled to God through his spirit, would stand up and testify of him being the Messiah to the whole world, even as he stood among the ones who killed Jesus. And the third thing Jesus understood was he was going to have a church built on some rocks in some of the world's worst places. All the way to the edge of hell. And that church would not be overcome by the evil one. That church would be victorious day after day after day. Brothers and sisters and friends, our country may be may be in trouble. It may be whatever anyone thinks it is. But I'm going to tell you something right at the edge of trouble. You're going to find God's people and God's people are going to be being victorious through him. We can't lose track of that. We can't lose track of that in our faith and in our prayers. You, this morning, if you believe in Jesus, if you have accepted God and God's plan for you through Jesus Christ and you put Him on in baptism, you've made that confession of Him being the Messiah, and you're a rock. And you're on a rock-solid place with a rock-solid person. And you have nothing but victory to embrace. Defeat comes in failure to confess. Defeat comes in failure to embrace and to reconcile. God, Jesus, wants to take you on a little field trip. And there's times when he's going to take you on a field trip and it's going to take you right up to the edge of hell. But what I'll guarantee you is with Jesus, you are on a rock solid place that cannot be overcome by evil. Look, if you would, at Psalm 18. One more. The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock whom I take refuge in, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. This morning, you are either with Jesus in this place with God, or you're being called to. You're being invited. That invitation is there for you each and every day. Your baptism, your giving your life to Christ is important. And it shouldn't be overlooked because it's your confession that you believe Jesus saved you and saved the world. It's the point that you put the cornerstone in the ground and you say, it's on this rock that I will be a Christian, that I will be a part of his church, and that I will believe in the one that overcame and called it out in the book of Genesis at the very beginning 
when God said, I will crush the serpent's head. Welcome to know the rock that crushed his head. It was Jesus. Do you know him this morning? Are you right with God through him this morning? We have this next song that we're going to sing with Jerome and he's going to stand up and lead us in worship. As we worship, think about that this morning. Think about taking every step you can to know your Lord and to proclaim Him as the Messiah. To stand upon the rock. To be a rock. And to know that that rock will not be over. Let's stand.